I'm Kim Grounds of Dogman.com. It is uh, Tuesday in Seattle. Breaking news this morning. I don't know if it's so much breaking news, but it's been in the work for a while. Jacob Eason, quarterback from Lake Stevens, who uh, went to Georgia, started all last year at Georgia, was the starter this year at Georgia until he got injured and was replaced by uh, Jake Fromm. But uh, news coming out and being reported that um, he will be um, transferring to University of Washington. So, um, Chris, you saw Skinny what, the first time when he was a sophomore? Yeah. No, I mean, I saw him, uh, you know, I think I saw him at least once or twice in 2013 when he was a 10th grader. And, um, yeah, he had a great game. I remember a playoff game against e. Edmonds Woodway. Uh, at Lake Stevens, where I think he threw for over 500 yards and six touchdowns. And um, even back then, you could tell uh, he was really, really special. He wasn't yeah, – back then he was called skinny. He's not skinny anymore. They may call him skinny, but uh, he was pretty thin back then, but he's really filled out. I think he's listed at about 235, 236. So, yeah, that doesn't – that's not skinny from my end. When you saw him, was he thin? Um, you mean when he was a 10th grader? Yeah. Uh, I guess a little bit. I mean, but, you know, I mean, 6'5", he was probably he was probably 200, 205 back then. I don't think he was rail thin, but he wasn't, you know, obviously he's not anywhere near the athlete and the physical, you know, specimen that I assume Georgia has, uh, has turned him into. Yeah, and from my understanding, you know, he's six six. He's all of six six, and um, he has uh, been nothing but fantastic all year. He's about two hundred thirty five, two hundred forty pounds, and we can get into that a little bit later. But you know, I just want to be clear on a couple things. I talked to somebody, um, you know, at Georgia who would know. Um, he has not asked for his transfer. Um, there hasn't, as far as my guy know, and he would know, um, he has not talked to anybody about transferring, but we all know how this works, Chris, that, um, everything goes through back channels. It's just like, you know, when, uh, coaches talk about taking jobs at other schools, the coaches never talk to them. It's always their agents. Things always go through the back channels and things have been going through the back channels on this one, uh, for quite some time. I, I assume so, based on the people that I've talked to and, and you know, just the idea that, uh, you know, if you put one and one together and you look at Jake Fromm and you look at the year that he had and and you look how, you know, Jacob, even though he had a, a pretty good season, his true freshman season at Georgia to be beaten out by another true freshman, um, you know, unless Fromm was going to get hurt or something really weird was going to happen, you could see a situation where, uh, Eason was going to end up maybe being uh, the odd guy out. So, yeah, you could start envisioning a scenario a little while ago where uh, him transferring to another school certainly would have been in the works. Now, would it have been Washington? I don't know. It could have been Miami, where Mark Richt is, where you know his coach that recruited him to Georgia is. Uh, Mike Bobo is at Colorado State. That could have been an option. But it certainly looks like Washington is the place where he's going to end up. Yeah, just to be clear, uh, Jacob Eason did win the uh, job in the spring and in the fall. Um, he was the starter. The, uh, he went down the first game. He got injured in the first game, and 
uh, Jake Fromm came in and went on the winning streak, and uh, that was pretty much it. Now, I told you about the series. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it, Chris. Did you watch any of uh, QB1? Did you watch any of that? If anybody gets a chance, it's out, out online. It's called QB1, and it chronicles the senior year of uh, Jake Fromm, uh, Tate Martell, and Tavon Bowers. But um, you'll get an idea of what kind of a kid Jake Fromm is. He's local. He's from Georgia. Um, and you can kind of see, you know, Kirby Smart wants to build that program down there, you know, with the local talent, Jake Fromm being from there. And they got another quarterback this year who's also from down there. So, um, you know, it, it makes all the sense in the world because, you know, with the way Fromm played this year and the way he played last night in the championship game, I don't care how good you are. It's going to be tough to uh, overtake the homegrown talent when he's had the kind of year like that. So it only makes sense um, for Jacob to leave. And then also, you know, tell me how you feel about this, Chris, but if he's going to leave, I don't think there's going to be much of a fuss put up by Kirby Smart for him to come to Washington, Miami, Florida, somewhere close. But, you know, if you're going to have a quarterback like that who's going to leave, you want him to go as far away as possible. And he couldn't get much further away than going back home to Seattle. Well, that's right. In terms of, you know, whoever they play, whether it's the SEC or whether it's a non-conference opponent next year, I haven't looked at Georgia's schedule, so I'm not sure who they're set to play. But, yeah, I mean, it makes sense if as long as it's outside of the conference. Um, I can't imagine a scenario where Kirby Smart would really really care, honestly, where uh, where Jacob Eason would want to go. Um, but obviously, yeah, I mean, he, he, is a, he is a kid that went clear across the country to go to college, and if he goes clear across the country to go back to school for the second time, I mean, I doubt anyone in Georgia is going to put up a put up any sort of fight for that. Yeah, and let me tell you, you know, just you know, I made quite a few phone calls this morning, and some of the a couple of things that I've heard was that you know, and I'm not positive on how all this works, but from my understanding, um, Eason had to be enrolled in school in order to be eligible to play in the championship game. And from my understanding, um, school in Georgia started on January 4th. Uh, if he is able to unenroll, then he would be able to come to Washington right away. If he's not able to unenroll, um, he wouldn't be here from until spring. From everything I've heard and the people I've talked to, I guess tomorrow is the drop-dead date to unenroll. So I think tomorrow is going to be a key day if he does unenroll from Georgia by tomorrow. Um, you know, that'll speak volumes because nothing has been done. Nothing has been said. Nothing is official. Washington is sure not going to say anything until he arrives on campus um, and nothing's come out of Georgia. And like I said, you know, my guy says he hasn't asked for his release yet, but everything sure indicates that's going to happen. I'm going to guess, Kim, that if they started on January 4th, then Georgia's probably on the quarter system like Washington is. So if that is the case, then, you know, I mean, whether it's the winter quarter that he decides to enroll somewhere else or in time for spring quarter, I, I, I'm really not sensing much of a difference between the two other than obviously he gets a chance to, you know, time to move and, and all that kind of stuff and get going that way but I have a feeling that I if I was in his position I don't necessarily think I would make a rush 
decision out of it, especially if you're going to a school with a quarter system. And if you can get there in time for spring football, then so much the better. So you have some time to uh, think about things. And the other thing I've heard is regardless on when he enrolls, regardless, he's still going to participate in spring ball. You know, and that's if everything stays as it is, because you know how things can change and nothing, you know, is official, just like nothing is on a commitment until they sign the document. Nothing is official. You know, and with Jacob, nothing is going to be official until he arrives on campus. But uh, everything indicates that that's going to happen. He can't play next year. So does it really matter if he's here, you know, a couple months early? I'm not sure that it does. Um, you know, because like I said, you know, he's not going to be able to play next year. So, um, but you know, also you've got two quarterbacks in Jacob Sermon and, uh, uh, has Yank, did, and uh, Yankoff. Yankoff. He's already enrolled. Yes. That's why, he have, that's why he didn't play in the U S army game. Both of them have already enrolled in Washington. So, um, also hearing, uh, rumors again, you know, that we haven't been able to confirm the Daniel Bridge Gad, you know, you've heard this too. Um, you know, I, I talked to Daniel down at, um, uh, the Fiesta Bowl and he said that the post on his Facebook page saying that he was a former student athlete at Washington, he goes, that's been up there for a long time. It was just a mistake. Are you hearing otherwise as well? Well, I, I, I didn't read anything into the whole Facebook stuff, but I will say that I have gotten reports and, and people pretty close to the program that have told me that uh, Daniel Bridge Gad's on his way out. And, you know, nothing, obviously nothing that we can confirm, nothing that we could put on a front page at this point. Um, you know, but at the same time, I, I have been pretty steadfast that if a guy like Jacob Eason was going to come to Washington, Kim, or any transfer for that matter in the quarterback's room, there was going to have to be movement. One guy was going to have to move to another position, or he was going to have to leave, transfer, grad transfer. We've already seen that with K.J. Carter-Samuels. So there was going to have to be some movement some way. So if, if Eason is definitely coming to Washington, then seeing a, a situation like Daniel Bridge-Gav moving out, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, you know, K.J. Carter-Samuels has uh, you know, already expressed his um, – intent not desire intent to leave the program he's still here for um uh, the quarter and he'll probably enroll at another school um for spring ball but uh you know that leaves competition next year for the backup job between jay kaner colson yankoff and jacob sermon um you know so i think ideally they would love to not have to burn the red shirt on either one of those guys but the competition for the backup job is definitely there um you know and then there's been speculation too you know would that cause somebody to leave i don't think so at this point in time um you know uh Maybe down the road, but at this point in time, I, I don't anticipate any other attrition, possibly other than Daniel Bridgecad when it comes to the quarterback room. Well, I, what I would say at this time, Kim, is that it really does create the opportunity for one of those guys to separate themselves early and be Jake Browning's backup for 2018. I mean, it's just it's kind of a ready-made opportunity right there. Uh, Jake Hayner can obviously have something to say about that as well, but uh, we know that Yankoff and Sermon are, are pretty talented guys, and they're doing it in different ways, and, and whichever way uh, seems to work best, and, 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 and whichever guy seems to get on it the quickest. 
certainly has an opportunity to separate themselves right away. And you have the added benefit of creating some separation between those two classes. So you don't always have two guys in the same class. So there's, there's, there's a couple of different benefits to whatever might happen if this thing with, with Jacob Eason works out. Well, you know, the other thing with, you know, bringing a guy like Eason in, you know, if you just do a little bit of a Google search and uh, type in Jake Fromm and Jacob Eason, the relationship that uh, Eason has had with Fromm since he took over from the starter, he's been nothing short of just absolutely a stud in helping him get ready, uh, doing everything he possibly can to make him better. He's not a guy who's moped in the you know shadows and complained. He's just been all in. And if they can bring that kind of an attitude, uh, Jacob can bring that kind of an attitude into the quarterback room and make Jake Browning better, make Pete, uh, Jacob Sermon and Colson Yankoff and Jake Hayner if he makes all of them better, you know, uh, you know, that's going to do nothing but pay dividends as well. So, um, you know, that's another ancillary benefit of bringing in a guy like Eason, who, you know, what was his record last year at Georgia? Was he eight and five I can't, as a freshman I can't starter at Georgia? I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he's played in the big stadiums and, you know, just talking to the people down at Georgia. When you talk to people that cover Georgia, Alabama, LSU. Um, yeah, they take football pretty seriously down there, and it's big time. You know, and Jacobs has been exposed to that. So um, bringing that kind of experience into the quarterback room, I think, is going to be fantastic. And then also, you know, from my understanding, Jacob Sermon, you know, also being down there in Georgia, who do you think he's working out with? He's probably, you know, from my understanding, what I've heard, you know, he's worked out with Matt Ryan quite a bit. And who is Matt Ryan's quarterback coach? Bush Hamden, who will be the quarterback and offensive coordinator at Washington next year. So, well, let's, um, let's, be, let's be clear, though. We're talking about Jacob Eason, not Jacob Sermon. So, um, yeah, excuse me, <laughs> Jacob. But yeah. but you're right. If, if if there is a connection with Bush Hamden already there, then that's so much the better. I mean, it, there's there's a definitely a number of different strands that make this work, and not only is the experience a compelling factor in terms of him coming back, but also the moment he steps on campus. He's the most physically gifted quarterback in terms of being able to make all the throws and all the things that that you know Washington fans probably saw uh, playing out in that national championship game last night. Well, what's interesting too, Chris, is when you take a look at the the quarterbacks at Washington since um, you know Peterson has been here. You take a look at uh, Jake Browning, Daniel Bridge, Gad. Jake Hayner, the quarterbacks that he's recruited to be here and the quarterbacks that he's had to work with. And then you take a look at a guy like Jacob Eason, Jacob Sermon, uh, Colson Yankoff. Washington has gotten a lot bigger and a lot stronger armed in the quarterback room with the addition of those three quarterbacks. Totally different than what we've seen in the past. When was the last time we saw a big, strapping, strong arm quarterback on the Washington roster? And now there's three. Well, you could make the argument Jeff Lindquist had a pretty strong arm. Um, Siler Miles didn't. Keith Price didn't. Jake Locker, you know. So, I mean, they, they've been very hit or miss, but there's no doubt that the last, if you include Jacob Eason in the group with Colson Yankoff and Jacob Sermon, those are three of the bigger arms that, you know, Washington's had in a long, long time. Yeah, you know, we made I made this comment after the um, Peach Bowl last year down in Atlanta 
that one of the things that I thought Pete came away from understanding down there is if he wants to compete in that uh, on that level that they needed to get bigger, they needed to get longer, they needed to get faster. Because when you take a look at the size of the athletes on the uh, squad of Alabama, I mean, they were just so much bigger. And even Jalen Hurts was a big guy. And I think that you take a look at what Pete has recruited, they've gotten bigger, but they also have gotten quite a bit bigger at quarterback with the two they're bringing in, plus Jacob Eason. They've gotten guys who can make those throws out to the boundaries and get them out there quick. A lot of the throws that uh, Eason will be able to make, there's no way that uh, Jake Browning would be able to make, and that's not diminishing Jake by any way. He's just not a strong arm. He doesn't have that kind of an arm that they're going to have on the roster over the next few years. Yeah, there's something to that for sure, but I would also say that when you look at two true freshmen – quarterbacks in Jake Fromm and Tua Tagovailoa, those guys are not big guys. I mean, Jake Fromm is 225, yeah, but he's 6'2". He's not 6'6". Yeah. And, and Tagovailoa is, is by no means a big guy. Um, those guys have intangibles as well, Kim, and those guys have right. the ability to make the throws. And th- that's the, the biggest thing. They, they not only have maybe some of the physical components that make it up, but they also have the ability – and the confidence and the and, and whatever else you want to call it to make those throws down the stretch. I mean, to get sacked in the first play of an overtime and then throw a bomb to win the national championship, you just don't expect a true freshman to be able to do that. And But yet, a guy like Jacob Beeson, for instance, he was a guy that was clearly good enough to make an SEC team as a starter as a true freshman. So there's no doubt that, that Jacob Beeson has some intangibles to go along with his uh, size and his arm. Yeah, you know, when we talk about, um, you know, Jacob Eason, how much, you know, I was talking to Hugh Millen this morning about, you know, how, how Jacob Eason felt about losing his job you know, due to injury and not being the guy there and how much that, you know, must have eaten at him being the competitor he is, you know, not to be able to play in that game last night. Can you imagine Jalen Hurts, you know, after all he's done it at uh, Alabama and getting pulled? You know, in the second half, you know, how do you think Jalen Hurts feels? But, uh, you know, uh, I don't think Washington's had a strong arm quarterback like this in a long time. I think that, uh, you know, Jake had a pretty strong arm, but Jake was more of a thrower than a passer. So um, I think it's going to be real interesting with Jacob Eason and then just see how things go this spring with, you know, Jacob Eason there along with Colson Yankoff and Jacob Sermon because, Yankoff is a big guy, too. You know, we all know how big Jacob Sermon is, but uh, Colson Yankoff isn't exactly small. I think what's going to be interesting, Kim, is that, you know, you're looking at a guy in, in Jacob Eason that had 16 touchdowns as a true freshman two years ago, but he had eight interceptions as well. And, you know, I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see how he can kind of maintain that gunslinger style and the, the stuff that I saw, even as a 10th grader, where he was just chucking it all over the place with a more disciplined, more pragmatic style that Chris Peterson and, and Bush Hamden are certainly going to instill in him in terms of throwing the ball away, you know, living to go another down. Some of these things that, you know, as you get older and older, um, you start to build into your repertoire and start to figure out when to take chances and when not to take chances. And that'll be a big part of uh, how we've seen Jacob Eason mature and as a quarterback on the field, what is he able to do? Is he still going to have that thing where he can step back and just chuck it all over the place? 
or is it going to be a little bit more reserved and, and not quite as gung-ho as we've seen in the past? Well, then you take a look at bringing in Bush Hamden, you know, with a quarterback like um, Jake Browning, there's throws that Jake isn't going to be able to make. How much does the offense change, number one, with Jonathan Smith leaving? And number two, you know, uh, when Jake Browning leaves, then you've got three quarterbacks who can make a lot of the throws that Jake wasn't able to make. How much does the offense change? That's what's going to be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, clearly Bush Hamden knows – a ton about Chris Peterson's offense. Uh, he worked with Jonathan Smith, so he has a great basis in what Jonathan liked to do as well. So I think, you know, it's probably going to be an assimilation of all those things. I, I don't know if the offense is going to change too much in terms of what the quarterback is being asked to do. They might just have more confidence in being able to make some throws, um, you know, cross field and, and, you know, deep posts and those kinds of things that maybe they didn't think about using with Jake as often, Jake Browning. So, yeah, there might be some subtle differences, but I really don't see any sort of revolutionary changes uh, if they go from, you know, Jake Browning in 2018 to a Jacob Eason or, or one of the, the freshman quarterbacks in 2019. And then by the time that, you know, Jacob Eason's ready to take over the reins, you know, you should have a lot of experience in your wide receivers when you talk about, um, you know, Ty Jones being a junior um uh, Terrell Bynum, you know, uh, having some experience, Alex Cook, as well as the three wide receivers that Washington is bringing in this year. So they should have some pretty uh, pretty good depth uh, for receivers for him to throw to as well. Oh, sure. And we're not even talking about who may be coming down the pipe for 2019. You know, you, receivers, one of those places, Kim, where you can be a true freshman, you can make a difference. We saw it. We saw it in the national championship game. So, again, uh, skill position, that's a situation where if receivers know that a guy like Jacob Eason may be available and is a guy that, they, that, that might be throwing them the ball or a Jacob Sermon or a Colson Yankoff, those are the kind of guys that can attract big-time receivers. And so that's going to help recruiting even more, and you bring in a Bush Hamden to help with a Matt Lubick and some of these other guys. Yeah, it's starting to line up to be a situation where they can attract more talent. When you first heard, you know, I was, Hugh Millen told me this back, you know, God, I think it was early October, you know, about, you know, that was the first time I'd heard about Easton possibly transfer. And I pretty much dismissed it with a lot of the stuff I'd heard. When you first heard this, were I think you were pretty dismissive as well. I was 100% dismissive. The, re- the reason being is it had nothing to do with, the player involved, it had everything to do with the numbers involved. And I still feel that way. Um, I Obviously, talking to the same people, feeling confident that this is going to go down, there still has to be attrition somewhere, Kim. I mean, it just has to be. They just they can't keep six scholarship quarterbacks on the staff. It just doesn't, doesn't work that way. Well, it's like the old saying, you know, you know, where somebody says, you can't have it all, where would you put it? Right. With Jacob Eason, you find room, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, you know, on something like that, you find room and, well, uh, you know, a guy like be, that, the find room. And like I said, I think Daniel Bridge Gad is probably gone. That, well. that may be the case, Kim, and I'm not disagreeing in principle, but the idea is, is in practice, you only have enough spots for so many guys. 
And we all know how Chris Peterson feels about fit. And fit has as much to do with the numbers as it does personality, uh, style, uh, yeah. fit in the offense. There, the fit has to be 100% hand in glove. It, it can't be four out of five fingers. you got to have the thumb, too. Everything yeah. has to fit. And the numbers just were not going to fit in terms of adding a third quarterback in this cycle. It just wasn't. But if Daniel Bridge Gad is leaving, then all of a sudden everything fits hand in glove. Yeah. All right. Uh, any last-minute thoughts, Chris? We'll wind it down. No, just that I think it's exciting, and, and um, I know Washington fans were disappointed the first time when uh, they weren't able to keep uh, Jacob Eason home and, and he went to Georgia. But it will be interesting to see how much he's changed on and off the field. You obviously, you you mature, you grow up, you learn a lot of things. There's no doubt as a starting quarterback in the SEC that Jacob Eason's learned a ton. And that can only benefit Washington as they go forward. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm very interested to see how this evolves, not only from Eason's standpoint, but also from Washington's quarterback room and how that impacts guys like Jacob, uh, Jacob Sermon, Colson Yankoff, Jake Hayner, uh, what happens with Daniel Bridge-Gad. There's still a lot of storylines here. Yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, we always say things can change and nothing is official until, you know, uh, with a guy like him until he shows up on campus. But uh, tomorrow could be an interesting day if he does indeed ask for his release, which is what we expect to happen. And kind of go from there so uh stay tuned to us at dogman.com we'll have it all here for you uh for all of us at dogman.com i'm kim reynolds along with chris fetters go dogs